0: Hello and welcome to Breaking Down Bad Books, a podcast analyzing trashy bestsellers from a literary perspective. And today we're looking at chapter 26 of Eclipse, titled Ethics. Another boring fucking title, here we go. But it's the second last chapter, the penultimate chapter. So where we left off, they started cleaning up all of the vampire newborn body parts, burning them in a forest, which didn't seem very appropriate. And then the Volturi came, headlined by Jane, who's just the star of the Volturi. And she, she has a little chat with them. She kills a chick called Brie. And basically, Alice just recommits that, yeah, Bella's going to become a vampire. The date is set. Don't you worry, little Volturi heads about it. So we start chapter 26. Bella is in Alice's bathroom and she's just looking around being like, ugh, there's so many different beauty products. She says, the counter in Alice's bathroom was covered with a thousand different products, a thousand, all claiming to beautify a person's surface. And Bella's thinking, wow, well, okay, since Alice is a vampire that doesn't age and doesn't need wrinkle cream, I think she's got all these products out for me. And I would be offended by that. I'd be like, all right, bitch, okay. You know what? Like a moisturizer, a cleanser, a toner, sure. Have that for me for when I'm a guest at your bathroom do need to go overboard with the thousands of products. And Bella, she doesn't take it personally, but she thinks, oh, I'm struck by the waste because, you know, she hates people spending money on her. Oh, she hates it. Even though Alice talks about buying herself a Porsche or whatever, she doesn't want someone to buy her a tube of moisturizer. And so Alice is brushing her hair and she's like, all right, enough, Alice. I want to go back to La Push. And then she tells us, How many hours had I waited for Charlie to finally leave Billy's house so that I could go and see Jacob? Remember, because Jacob's injured. Half his body got squished. Um, okay. Why is she asking us a question? We don't know the answer. Also, why are you waiting for Charlie to leave La Push so that you can go to La Push? I don't understand that. I think there's this whole ruse that they told Charlie about the the shopping trip or something. And I guess she doesn't want to implicate herself in a lie there, but... uh, just say so you got back early and you decided to visit Jacob. Like, how hard is it? She says each minute, not knowing if Jacob was still breathing or not, had seemed like 10 lifetimes, 10 lifetimes specifically. OK, Um, I think she'd know if he died, right? <laughs> and also they said he'd be fine. Carlyle was like, you know what? It hurt, but he's healing really quick. He'll be fine. And now she's like, oh, no, is he dead? Well, of course he's not dead, Bella. And then she says, when she did get to go and see Jacob, okay, we're getting a a nice little recap of what happened since we left off, but we didn't witness ourselves. She's just fast forwarding through things, which I appreciate. She says, so she did go and see Jacob, but then the time went super quickly. She felt like she'd barely caught her breath before she had to leave, except he was knocked out the whole time. And Alice says, you need to go see Charlie. He was at Billy's house, so he's seen that Carlyle and Edward are back from their trip, so he'll be suspicious if you don't get home soon. Oh my goodness. All this hubbub about this fake shopping trip. Previously, she went to Italy and didn't fill Charlie, in I don't know why we're only now caring about what alibi we give Charlie. And Alice says, you need to think of Charlie, babe. You've, you've had a long day, I know, but you need to go and keep up this alibi. I don't know why. She says, it's more important now than ever that Charlie stays safely in the dark. Why? Play your role first, Bella. Uh, part of being a Cullen is being meticulously responsible. What, you're a teenager who just went to like Port Angeles on a shopping spree? Would your dad really be expecting you not to be fart-assing about? And then Bella's saying, of course she's right. Carlisle would never have been able to talk me into leaving Jacob's side, unconscious or not. I thought you did just go visit. Like, I appreciate you trying to speed things along with a little montage, but but, but I'm, I'm unclear on what's going on here. Now she's saying she wouldn't be able to leave his side if he was unconscious. I thought you just did. You just said. When at last I'd been allowed to go to see for myself that Jacob was alive, the time had gone so quickly. I don't know what the fuck's going on. I guess I'm confused because she's using the future, present, past tense or whatever the fuck tense she's writing in. So it's a bit, it's a bit confusing. I'll be honest. Anyway, so Alice gives Bella a bunch of clothes and puts her in a dress and is like, this is the alibi for the shopping trip. These are your clothes. Okay. And she's like, yeah, all right. And she's wearing something and it must be pretty. So Alice compliments it and she goes, I blinked, unable to remember what she dressed me in. Okay, well then look down. Look in a mirror. What? You're unable to remember what she's dressed you in. Can't you see half of it when you just nod your head down? And so then Alice is like, okay, but Bella, I know I was just telling you to go home real quick, but is there anything else you want to talk about? Any other questions you want to ask? And Bella's like, you know what? Actually there is. That Bray girl, will I end up like her? Will I be like her? And Alice is like, like everyone's different, but yeah, you're gonna be a newborn vampire. We've been telling you that, the books. She says, I couldn't get it out of my head. This newborn whose other life was now abruptly over, her face twisted with desire for my blood. Yeah, that's the gig. That's what you're signing up for. She's like, wow, I never realized that I'd have to drink blood. What? What? And Alice says, Well you know what? It might be different for you. I've never seen anyone go through this who's chosen it beforehand. It should be interesting to see how that affects you. Okay. Did did Alice forget that she can see the future? <laughs> did she forget? Oh, it should be interesting to see how this affects you. You should know. You've seen the visions. And Bella even refers to the fact that Alice can see the future. And she says, Hey Alice, it's kinda weird, right? Like why do you see my future? But why does nothing else work on me? Like not what Jane can do or Edward or Arrow. So she's asking why the vampire skill sets don't work on her. And Alice just says, oh, it's plot armor. It's, It's a plot hole that the author tried to ride around. There's really nothing to be said for it. No, not really. She comes out with some bullshit about how Jasper, his abilities affect the body physically. So he really does calm your system down or excite it. It's not an illusion. And Alice can see visions of outcomes, but not the reasons and thoughts behind the decisions that create them. (laughs) Okay, And (laughs) it's outside the mind, not an illusion either. So (laughs) Jane, Edward and Arrow and Dimitri, they work inside the mind. What? She included Dimitri there, by the way. Did you notice that? (laughs) Dimitri, who I think can track people. Isn't that his skill? He can just track people. She can't be tracked because he's tracking her mind, not her physical body. I don't know what the fuck that's about. They work inside the mind, she says. Jane only creates an illusion of pain. She doesn't really hurt you. (laughs) That's so stupid. (laughs) Have you ever read something that was more like an author trying to backtrack? (laughs) Oh, it's only the mind, Bella. (laughs) If you feel pain, that's all in your head, Bella. Okay, sure, sure. And then Bella says, Well, okay, but can you still see me becoming a vampire? She sort of <laughs> glossed over that stuff. She was like, I don't really get it. I don't really understand it. And I, I don't really care. So she just glosses over it. And she says, Do you still see me becoming a vampire? And Alice is like, Yeah, duh. I see the future. And Alice says, Don't you know your own mind, Bella? And she goes, Yeah, I just wanted to be sure. And she says, I'm only as sure as you are, Bella. You know that. If you were to change your mind, what I would see would change or disappear in your case. Get fucked. <laughs> Get fucked. She just told us that Alice's visions have nothing to do with someone's mind, but, but apparently they are. They're, they're to do with whatever she thinks in her mind. And then she sees the physical body outcomes of it. Oh, wh- whatever. It makes me think that Alice is kind of useless in seeing things that aren't related to someone making a decision in their own mind. Like if there was a tsunami coming to Washington state, it's going to wipe out all the forks, all of La Push, she wouldn't see that. So everyone would die and she wouldn't see it coming because the tsunami didn't make a decision to do it. It just is. And like Bella could very well be made a vampire against her will and she wouldn't see that. But no, she does see weather patterns. She knows when it's going to rain, right? She knows when it's going to get cold. So she must see nature, but nature doesn't make a decision oh my goodness gracious me, I do not believe that Alice's visions as written are thought out by the author. I think she just writes shit on the page and she says, whatever, no one's gonna think too deeply about that. There's not gonna be podcasts 15 years after I publish this, breaking it down. Well, guess what, babe, there is. And then the conversation somehow turns into Bella needing to break up with Jacob, even though they're not together, she's got to break up with him apparently. And Alice is like, yeah, sorry, babe. I can't really empathize, but I can sympathize. (laughs) Okay, really heartwarming stuff. She says, my first memory is of seeing Jasper's face in my future. I always knew he was where my life was headed. I'm sorry that you have to choose between two good things. And she's thinking, don't worry about me. There's no choice for me to make. There was just a breaking of a good heart to attend to. And I'm thinking, all right, well, tickets on yourself. Like, Jacob Black's what, a 16-year-old boy? I think he'll get over it if you dump him, even though you're not going out. To be like, oh, I can't be with him. So that's going to break his heart. Seems a bit arrogant. So she goes back to Charlie's house. Charlie's there and he is suspicious, like Alice clocked that he would be. Even though Alice can't determine what's going on in Charlie's mind, she could determine the bodily outcomes of it, apparently. All right. So Charlie's suspicious. is like, how's your shopping trip, huh? And she's like, yeah, fine. <laughs> she's just really surly all of a sudden. She's like, yeah, fine. And he's like, oh, you probably heard about Jake then. And She goes, yep. She goes, yep, I'm worried about him. So as soon as I make dinner, I'm going down to La Push. It's like, okay, why are you being such a bitch to Charlie? And they're going with the storyline that Jacob had a motorbike accident. And Charlie's like, I told you those motorcycles were dangerous. And she's like, yeah, whatever. Meanwhile, she's still gonna make dinner for the bastard. She's pulling shit out of the fridge. She's setting the table. Like, Can Charlie do anything? God, it outrages me. Charlie says, I don't think you need to worry about Jake too much. Anyone who can cuss with that kind of energy is going to recover. Well, I don't really know if there's a link between swearing and healing. And so then she spins around and she's like, oh, was Jake awake when you saw him? Like she's finally interested. Okay. I'm really, I'm really believing that she didn't go visit him. I think I read that wrong. That past, present, future tense really screwed me up. I don't think she went and visited him. That's just my belief. I think she was talking about how she was Going to want to visit him, but then she couldn't visit him because Alice said there was an alibi. Let's just go with that. And Charlie's like, "Oh my god, he was screaming so loud, he was swearing." He says, "I don't know where he picked up that vocabulary, but I hope he hasn't been using that kind of language around you." But Charlie's really driving home the point that Jacob was swearing. What did we think Jake was saying? Do you think he was dropping sea bombs? I think he was dropping sea bombs. Otherwise, calm down, Charlie. You're like an officer of the law. You haven't heard worse than that. And Charlie talks more than we've ever heard him talk. He's like, yeah, I think Jake's gonna be all right, but oh, broke the whole right side of his body, bloody motorbikes. But at least he was himself enough to tease me. And she's like, what do you mean tease you? And he says, well, in between insulting somebody's mother and taking the Lord's name in vain, like, okay, Charlie, grow up. Grow up, just say the swears, Charlie. Jacob had said, bet you're glad she loves Cullen instead of me today, huh, Charlie? And Charlie was like, yeah, well, actually, good point, Jake. Edward is more mature than Jacob when it comes to your safety. I'll give him that much, he says. And she says, Jacob's plenty mature. I'm sure this wasn't his fault. Like, oh my God. The guy just threatened suicide unless she would kissed him, like, this morning. Why are you giving Jacob a pass on everything? I'm not buying this whole I'm in love with two people bullshit. She's selling it to me, but I'm not buying it. And now, Charlie who's an officer of the law. He's the chief of police. He should be able to use deductive reasoning. He should be able to notice things. But all of a sudden he's like, you know what? Something's funny going on in La Push. And Bella's like, oh, really? He's like, yeah, it's so weird. I'm starting to notice all these little things that are just a little bit suspicious. So he says that Billy was acting like he knew something bad was going to happen to Jake all day. He was as nervous as a turkey on Thanksgiving morning, which I kind of like that as a metaphor. That's kind of fun. He says, I don't think he heard anything I said to him. And weirder than that, remember back in February and March when we all had that trouble with the wolves? I thought everyone thought they were bears, but no, I guess Charlie figured out that they were wolves, who knows? He says, well, this morning, kept hearing all these wolves yelling, so many wolves. And he goes, weirdest part, Billy turned the boat around and headed straight back to the harbour as if the wolves were calling to him, as if he could understand the wolves' calls. And then Billy was racing home, even though we had hours before the game, because he was responding to these wolves. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) And Bella's thinking, fuck me, like even I would have figured it out by now. (laughs) And then he says, the howling, once they were back at the house, started again, like right outside the house. He goes, I've never heard anything like it. I had to shout above the noise. It was so loud. But then just at that moment in time, Jake got home and one minute it was the wolf yowling and then you couldn't hear it anymore. Jake's cussing drowned it right out. Got a set of lungs on him. That boy does. Like, how are you not figuring it out? Like, I know, I know you probably, it's probably not your first instinct to believe that someone is a werewolf, but (sighs) clearly Jacob's a werewolf. Like When you're laying it out like this, Charlie, how do you not see it? Oh, the wolf just stopped yelling as soon as Jake started yelling. What are the odds? Worst detective ever. So then he says that Jake gets brought in and Carlisle and Edward are there to help. And he says, Edward was really nice. He seemed as worried about Jacob as you are. Like that was his brother lying there. The look in his eyes, dot, dot, dot. He's a decent guy, Bella. I'll try to remember that. No promises though. So now we're led to believe that Edward likes Jacob genuinely. I don't think he likes him genuinely. So Charlie's just said, in the biggest speech he's ever made in his whole entire life, he's just said, I'm gonna give your boyfriend a go. And she goes, I won't hold you to it. I mumbled. Like, fuck me, bitch. Like, he's throwing you a bone. Can you not just accept a bone? And then Charlie, still yapping on. Still yappin' and yammerin'. He says, Oh it's good to be home and to stretch out my legs. You wouldn't believe how squished it can get in Billy's place with all of Jake's friends in that little room. He says, Well, have you ever noticed how big those Quillute kids are? And she's like, Uh yeah, I have. Nothing suspicious there. Oh, okay, no (sighs) So then Charlie says, Don't worry, he's gonna be fine. It looked a lot worse than it was, and she says, Yeah, Jacob had looked so strangely fragile when I'd hurried down to see him as soon as Charlie had left. So, so you had gone to see him. Why were you saying that you hadn't? What? What? Again, I appreciate trying to move the story along, but when you, when you do so, please be clear on a timeline of what's going on. And if she had seen him after Charlie, why is she hanging on every word that Charlie's saying as if she doesn't know what's, what's going on with him? And she's just thinking about how breakable he looked. And then she's like, it's a shame I'm going to have to break him even more. Break his heart. Oh my God, can you please stop putting yourself in that position where you think you're top shit? Oh, he'll never recover from when I break his heart because I'm the biggest catch in forks. And so then Charlie's like, hey, babe, okay, can I just, can I just ask one more little thing? He says, look, I have this hunch I feel like I'm going to lose you soon. Where the fuck did that come from, Charlie? Where the fuck did that come from? And she says, oh, don't be silly. Seriously, Charlie is suddenly becoming a good detective. (sighs) Beats me. And he says, I have this hunch. I feel like I'm going to lose you soon. Well, maybe he's just realized, you know, it's the end of a book. She's about to go running since she did it in Twilight. She did it in New Moon. Maybe she'll go running off in this one as well. Maybe that's what he's thinking. Like she's set a precedent and she's like, don't be silly, dad. I'm just going to go to school. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But can you just tell me before you do anything major, before you run off with him or something? Just, I'm serious. I won't kick up a fuss. Just give me some advance notice. Give me a chance to hug you goodbye. And she's like, oh, dad, that's silly. I've never run off anywhere except for Phoenix, Arizona, Volterra, Italy. You know, just, just those two examples. And she's like, I don't have time. I'm going to Billy's. Love your dad. Bye. And so she's off to La Push. But somehow, Charlie asking her to, you know, not run off without saying goodbye. I don't think that's that hard of an ask. I think it's actually quite reasonable. She's like, oh, yeah, this is just what I needed right now. She goes, oh, just what I need. I grumbled to myself all the way to La Push. She's mad at that.
1: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
0: So she gets into Billy's house. Billy's like, oh, hey, Bells, come on in. And she says, is he awake? And he says, he woke up about half an hour ago just before the doctor left. Go on in. I think he's been waiting for you. And she flinches. She goes, oh, I flinched. Like, you're here to break up with him. Why are you flinching that he's awake? That's what you wanted. And she's taking a deep breath before she enters the room. And she's like, do I knock? Oh, maybe I won't knock. Maybe I'll just peek in first, hoping that he'd be back asleep. And then she opens the door and he's like, oh, hi, Bells. It's like, well, you could have knocked. Would have been polite to knock. And she just lets herself in. I think she's so rude. And she says, thankfully, someone had covered him with a quilt. It was a relief to not have to see the extent of the damage. Well, <laughs> What? What? Hasn't it already been quite clear that he's healing very quickly? And apparently you've already been to visit him. Apparently you were here a few hours ago. And so you've already seen it. Oh, God, thank God he's covered up with a quilt. Oh, my goodness gracious me. And also, doesn't he run hot? Why would anybody cover him up with a quilt? You're going to suffocate the kid. And so she's like, hi, Jake. And then he must be able to tell that she's about to break up with him. Even though they're not dating. And he says, I thought it would be like this. Today has definitely taken a turn for the worse. And he's like, And now this. So he already knows what's up. And she's like, Do you feel any pain? And he says, No. At least I can't feel my injuries because he's all knocked up on pain meds, which I think is a subtle little dig at Bella being like, Yeah, my heart's broken, but at least my body, I can't feel my body pains. And she's like, Oh no. God, this is going to be tough. She says, why didn't anyone ever try to kill me when I wanted to die? Oh, brother. And then Jacob's like, all right, well, what about you? Are you okay? And she's like, what, me? Why would I not be okay? Just like forgetting the whole incident this morning where there was vampires trying to kill her perhaps? I don't know. And then he says, well, I was pretty sure that he wouldn't actually hurt you, but I wasn't sure how bad it was going to be. I've been worried since I woke up. I don't know if you were going to be allowed to visit. The suspense was terrible. Was he mean to you? I'm sorry if, if he was mean to you. I didn't mean for you to have to go through it alone. And she's like, Oh, hold up. He's talking about Edward. And she's like, No, Jake. Jake, it's fine, really. He wasn't mean because they, because they kissed and he thought that Edward would be pissed. And he also thought that Edward would physically hurt her, which is a bit worrisome as well. Oh, brother. And she says, He wasn't even mad, Jake. He wasn't mad at me. He wasn't mad at you. He's so unselfish. It makes me feel even worse. He just wants me to be happy. I don't know if going to break up with Jacob, like the best strategy is to just talk about how good Edward is up front. I, I, I don't know if I would have taken that approach. And Jacob's like, oh man, he wasn't mad. And she says, nope. And he goes, ah, oh, jeez. He says, well, damn. And she's like, what, you wanted him to be mad? And he's like, I can't believe this. He didn't even give you an ultimatum or anything. And she goes, no. And he's like, ah, damn. He's good. He's better than I thought. So Jacob was sort of banking on Edward reacting poorly and making an ass of himself. So you see, Jacob really can be quite manipulative. He was like wanting Bella to be hurt by Edward in order to improve his own chances of dating Bella. Like that's fucked up, Jake. That's fucked up, dude. And she says, he's not playing any game, Jake, about Edward. And I think he might be as well. I think they're both trying to manipulate you, bells. I think Edward's just smart enough to know, one, that Jacob's playing him because he can read Jacob's mind. And two, that like, you're not going to respond well to Edward being angry and taking it out on you or Jacob. Edward's much smarter than that. And Jacob says, yeah, he is playing. He's playing every bit as hard as I am, only he knows what he's doing and I don't. He says, don't blame me because he's a better manipulator than I am. I haven't been around long enough to learn all his tricks. And she says, he isn't manipulating me. And I'm like, yeah, they both are. And she says, well, at least he didn't threaten to kill himself to make me kiss him, which really is quite the trump card. I mean, how do you come back from that? And Jake's like, you got me there. But he says, I don't care. I knew you'd forgive me and I'm glad I did it. I'd do it again. He says, Don't you think you ought to know how you feel just so that it doesn't take you by surprise someday when it's too late and you're a married vampire? Okay, I do think Jacob's a little tosspot, but when you look at his character motivation, you sort of understand more where he's coming from being that he doesn't want Bella to die. He sees becoming a vampire as like a death sentence for her soul, and so he's just trying to save her to help her live, and he's doing that by assaulting her practically. So. You really can't win with Jacob Black, but if you you try and isolate it, you can sort of see where he's coming from. But I still don't understand how it's working. How did that work? He hoodwinked her, she's an idiot. And I think it comes down to her being a deeply insecure person, right? She thinks she's not deserving of love, so she just like overcompensates by falling in love with other people, perhaps. I'm not too sure. We need a psychologist on the pod to figure out Bella fucking Swan. And Bella says to Jacob, well, does it make it any better for you to know that I'm in love with you when it doesn't really make a difference anyway? Because she's saying, there is no team Edward, team Jacob. It's just Edward and Bella. I'm going to marry him. But yes, I am in love with you. But it doesn't change the fact that I'm going to marry him. And he's like, yeah, it helps. If you hadn't figured it out, I would have always wondered. Now I know I did everything I could. And she's like, insisting on breaking up with him, even though they weren't dating. On the very day that he's healing half of his body being broken, incapacitated, he's in bed, he's doped up on meds and she thinks now's the time to do it. What? Would you not wait until at least the next morning, maybe the next week? And it's not like she brought him flowers or some get well soon chocolates. She just rocked up to drop the bad news and leave. She's a nasty bit of gear, that Bella Swan. And she comes up and she like kneels down on the floor and puts her head against his head. And she's like, I'm sorry, Jake. And he goes, yeah, it's all, it was a long shot. It's all good. And she goes, no, no, I'm sorry. It's my fault. I'm sick of being told that it's not my fault. And he's like, oh my God, I am trying to regrow half of my bones. Like, <laughs> leave me alone. And then he's like, oh, okay. So you want me to be mad with you and to yell at you, right? And she's like, yeah, actually that would be nice. And he's, And so he does it. He says, kissing me back like that was inexcusable. If you knew you were just going to take it back, maybe you shouldn't have been quite so convincing about it. And she's like, I'm sorry, Jake. And he goes, sorry doesn't make anything better, Bella. What's going on here? Are we role playing being angry or is this real anger? He says, what were you thinking? And she goes, I wasn't thinking. What the fuck role play is this? And then he says, you should have told me to go die. That's what you want. And she goes, no, Jake, never. And she's crying. And then he says, you're not crying. But, but he was crying. Oh no, now he's back to normal. And he's like, oh my God, you're crying. That was a fake role play. And like, what? Why would you role play this? And so then he goes to comfort her because she's crying from their little, like what, scene? From their little scene work that they did. And so then he goes to like, oh my God, get out of the bed to comfort her. And she goes, no, Jake, you'll hurt yourself. I'm sick of this. Days of our lives bullshit. What the fuck is this chapter? And he's like, oh, you're right. And so he leans back onto the bed. And, but then he pulls her onto the bed. And so now they're cuddling on the bed. Meanwhile, half of his body is broken. I don't know why he's doing acrobatics on this bed. And he says, I can't believe you're crying. I just said those things because you wanted me to. I didn't mean them. Well, I think, <laughs> I think maybe you did. This is why you don't do scene work. And she goes, uh, I, I know, I know, but it, it was all true. Thanks for saying it out loud. So now she's thanking him for making her cry. What, what is this person doing? What is going on? Whatever happened to, it's not you, it's me. Rest up, hope you feel good soon, bye. Like for fuck's sake, Bella, why did you need to go into all these theatrics? And Jacob says, don't worry, Bells, I'm going to give in and be good. And she says, what do you mean by that? And he says, I'll be your friend, Bella. I won't ask for more than that. And she goes, oh, it's too late, Jake. How can we be friends when we love each other like this? What? Does she not realize that she can love her friends? Like you can just have a platonic love with a friend. I don't, I don't know if she knows that she can do that. Someone needs to pull Bella aside and say, hey, babe, there's different kinds of love. It's okay to love your friends. And then Jacob says, you know that story in the Bible, the one with the king and the two women fighting over the baby. And she's like, it's actually King Solomon. And it's like, okay, he was getting somewhere with this. You don't need to correct him. And he says, yeah, yeah, King Solomon. And he said, cut the kid in half, but it was only a test just to see who would give up their share to protect it. And she's like, yeah, I remember. Not picking up where he's going with this. She's not figuring it out yet. And he says, I'm not going to cut you in half anymore, Bella. And she says, I understood what he was saying. How could you not understand what he's saying? Like, That's the purpose of the metaphor is to make, make it make sense. I understood what he was saying. I somehow figured it out. I cracked the code. He was telling me that he loved me and that his surrender proved that he loved me the most. Yeah, bitch, that's the story. And she wants to like fight with him a little bit and be like, yeah, Edward would do the same. And then she's like, maybe I'll just let that go. And I'm like, oh, finally, she's learning to let things go. And then he says, do you want to know the worst part? The worst part is knowing what would have been. And she says, what might have been Jacob, just continually correcting his grammar. (laughs) And he says, no, no, I'm not going to cop that. He says, I'm exactly right for you, Bella. It would have been effortless for us. Comfortable, easy as breathing. I was the natural path your life would have taken if the world was the way it was supposed to be and there were no monsters and no magic. And I'm like, dude, you're, you're a werewolf. Does he forget that he's a werewolf? No monsters, no magic. Y- you are a monster. And also you're like 16 fucking years old. Go play Nintendo. And she thinks, yeah, I could see it. If the world was the same place it was supposed to be, Jacob and I would have been together and we would have been happy. He was my soulmate in that world. Would have been my soulmate still if his claim had not been overshadowed by something stronger, something so strong that it could not exist in a rational world. I still don't understand the pull that Edward and Bella have together, by the way. I I don't understand it. And then she thinks, was it out there for Jacob too? Something that would trump a soulmate. I had to believe that it was. Oh, you'll regret those words when you realize it's your unborn baby. You might feel a bit differently. She says, two futures, two soulmates. That's too much for any one person. Oh my goodness gracious me. And Jacob says, he's like a drug for you, Bella. I can see that you can't live without him now. It's too late. But I would have been healthier for you, not a drug. I would have been the heir, the son. And she's like, oh, you know what? That's actually quite funny because I used to think of you that way. Like the sun, my personal sun, you balanced out the clouds nicely for me. And he says, the clouds I can handle, but I can't fight with an eclipse, which is meant to be like a huge impactful line because like that's the title of the book. But also, do they not realize that eclipses by their very being are fleeting? I can't fight with an eclipse, Bella. Eclipses aren't permanent. The longest eclipse ever historically was seven minutes and 27 seconds long. You're telling me you can't wait out seven minutes and 27 seconds, Jacob? And on average, solar eclipses only happen around like what, two or three, four times a year? You're telling me you can't just wait it out for a few minutes a few times a year? This is why she needs an open relationship. All this carry on about, oh my God, two soulmates, how could I ever possibly do it? Just open it up. Be a thruple. why not? Or just be with Jacob except for those times when there's an eclipse. Wait it out, guys. Oh, and the way they're talking. hes a drug for you, Bella. I would have been healthy. I would have been the air, the sun. You're a 16 year old boy. And then Jacob says, tell me the worst part for you. Meanwhile, they're still canoodling on the bed. He says, tell me the worst part for you. And she goes, the worst part is that I saw the whole thing, our whole life. And I want it bad, Jake. I want it all. I want to stay right here and never move. I want to love you and make you happy and I can't and it's killing me. It's like Sam and Emily. I never had a choice. Okay, you don't have to say everything that's on your mind. You don't have to get everything off your chest. You could just lie and say, oh, the worst part is seeing you hurt. Would that have been hard, Bells? Oh, the worst part is everything you've ever wanted is within your grasp, but it's impossible. Soz, all this honesty, it's just ridiculous. And he says, okay, thanks, Bells. I'll be good now. And then he's like, so you're getting married, huh? Why would you bring that up, Jake? And she says, yeah, it's um, it's not really my idea, but it means a lot to him. So I figure, why not? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I, I suppose in comparison, it's not that big of a deal compared to dying. And then he says, how long do you have left? And she goes, that depends how long it takes Alice to pull a wedding together. And he says, before or after? And she says, oh, it'll be after. So he's sort of relieved because I think he thought it was going to be right after graduation, which they've already had. (laughs) And he says, are you scared? Tell me what you're afraid of. Oh, this conversation's never ending. And she says, yeah, I'm pretty scared. I'm not looking forward to the pain. But there's dealing with Charlie and Renee too, and worried about my self-control, blah, blah, blah. And Jacob says, well, isn't it pretty dangerous? You know, in all the stories, they say it's hard. Vampires lose control, people die. I don't know what stories Jacob's been hearing. I didn't know that he had stories about the vampire turning process. And then she says, you know, I love you, Jake. And he's like, yeah, you know how much I wish it was enough. All very beautiful stuff, but like, really, just let the fucker sleep. He's sick, he's bloody healing half of his body and you've just broken his heart. Let the bugger go to sleep. You don't need to be saying that you love him. I- I know you think it helps, but it doesn't help. She's just trying to absolve her own guilt. And I don't think it's fair. And he says, I'll always be waiting in the wings, Bella. You'll always have that spare option if you want it. And she says, yeah, until my heart stops beating. And he says, well, you know what? I think maybe I'd still take you. I guess that depends on how much you stink. And that makes me think when he. Even
1: when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things.
0: imprints on Renezme, who is half vampire, half human, does he think that she stinks? Or does that change as soon as he imprints? After imprinting, does it become like a nice smell to him? Or does the human half nullify the vampire half? I'm very interested, but also primarily creeped out by that whole scenario. And Bella says, I wonder when it will happen when the right girl is going to catch your eye. And he says, don't get your hopes up, Bella though I'm sure it would be a relief for you. Oh, not really. Oh, <laughs> not really. She goes, I probably won't think she's good enough for you. I wonder how jealous I'll be. Ooh, if only you knew. Oh, if only you knew. So then she goes to leave and she says, love you, Jacob. And he says, love you more. And then she says, he watched me walk out of his room with an unfathomable expression in his black eyes. Okay, and that's the end of the chapter, but let's just unpack that sentence uh, for a little bit right here. He watched me walk out of his room with an unfathomable expression in his black eyes. So, is she walking out of the room backwards, or does she have eyes in the back of her head? How does she know what expression he's got in his eyes when she's walking out of the room? I think she's backing it up out of that room. What a weird way to walk out of a room. Anyway, that's the end of that chapter. I hated it. <laughs> I know I say that at the end of every chapter, but I hated it. It's just very dialogue heavy. And again, the The catch up at the start with the past, present, future participle. I I couldn't understand it. The best part was all the foreshadowing to Renesmee that I enjoyed. So we've got one chapter left and then an epilogue. Are you keen? Are you excited? Let me know your thoughts on the book. And I'll also be making an announcement next episode about what's coming up for the next season of Breaking Down Bad Books. We'll be doing a new book on the Patreon and a new book on the public feed. So get keen for that announcement when it comes up. And I'll see you guys next week. Bye. Send your burning thoughts, frustrations and grievances on this latest chapter of this shitty book to breakingdownpod at gmail.com or on Twitter at podbreakingdown and Instagram at breakingdownbadbooks.